Hello and welcome to episode 95 of the Flames Fancast. It has been a while since we recorded, but we are back. I think it's been two months. It has been two months, and that's on me. <clears throat> Lots of family stuff went on, so apologies, but that's more important than our podcast, I think. <laughs> but hey, we're yeah. here, January 6th, uh, around noon. Uh, Flames, are, Flames are playing the Flyers right now, 0-0 after the first. Good game so far, good period. I mean, if we look at the Flames, um, comparatively to where our last show was, we are 39 games into the season. We're 17, 16, and 5, and we have, sorry, we have 39 points. We're 38 games into the season. So, I mean, things are, things are, things are rough if you're trying to make the playoffs things are also rough if you're trying to finish for a good draft pick so yeah. we are in that unfortunate kind of no man's space listen what's your general takeaways for the overall performance of the team and kind of what's your vibe how would you characterize the flames what's our identity what do you look at there our our identity uh, it's what i kind of didn't want but our identity is basically we're going to scrap out every game we possibly can uh we're going to be that little engine that could that's our identity like we're just this team that's going to be underestimated by every team that we play and we're going to surprise them i think that our identity is the david and goliath thing right i don't know yeah. how many metaphors i can do here but well i mean we're 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 too good to fail and we're not good enough to succeed, you know. Exactly. So we're we're at that spot that you and I were so fucking scared of being in. It's it's actually the worst thing we could do as a franchise. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. Like this is the stupidest thing we could do because we're not like there's nothing to build on this. Like we have a bunch of good decent young guys, but we don't have as far as I see, we just don't have all the pieces like even in the system where it, it's going to lead to like some big long-term success. We're just kind of capping out a bunch of guys who are taking advantage of their opportunities. And um, I just feel like we're getting to that point where we're just not playing the game that the NHL has structured for every team. We're not taking advantage of seasons where we should be kind of not, you know, finishing high up in the standings. Not that this is high up, but, this is the worst part. This is the easily the worst way to end the season, right? If we end at, if the season ended today, this is the worst thing for us. Um, because if you make the playoffs, at the very least, some of these guys get some experience, right? We're like, not uh, the playoffs is a hard shout because yeah. we're we're in that wild card chase. If you want to talk about right now, the LA Kings are the team who's third in the Western Conference. They're three games in hand on us, and they have seven more points. Okay. Now, we are only two points out of a wild card spot, but one of the teams who's vying for a wild card spot is Edmonton. They have three games in hand, and they're tied with us on points. We are going to struggle to make that wild card spot. I mean, winning those games against teams like Nashville is important, right? Because yeah. that's a direct rival. That's a, that's a four-point swing right there. But, I mean, it's not impossible, but it's, it's hard. You really need to, to maintain that kind of form that we're seeing that the Flames kind of coming in and out of for the past two months. But, you know, I think to your point, I, I think something good that is coming of this is those young players, you know, they are getting that experience and they're getting that experience of 
being on a, how do you say this? A, I guess a competitive team. Mm-hmm. They are competitive in the fact that they're in every hockey game. We're not getting blown out. We're not a terrible team. They're surrounded by players who are good. But less Huberto. They're, they're, <laughs> there's not much that we can really get out of it other than scraping in in a wild card spot. And I mean, at the same time, we're going to be one of those teams who finishes probably just out or, you know, we're not going to be near the, the, the bottom. We're not going to no, be near the late. San Jose's, no, the, no. the Columbus. They, they suck too hard too early. Like, yeah. We, 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 did, we missed the boat on that. Yeah. So that's not happening. We're just not we're, not, we're not that bad. We are not that bad. And I definitely thought we were worse. I guess, I guess, it, I guess I'm trying to look at the positives here is that we've called up a lot of players and they've taken that opportunity and they're gaining valuable experience. And I, I really haven't been disappointed for any of the call aside from Coronado, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I just don't. I know it's frustrating because I watch every game saying, "All right, oh, we lost this one. Let's let's lose a few here uh, valiantly." And then instead, you know, we'll lose and then we'll win and then we'll win and then we'll yeah. overtime loss, overtime loss, win. It's like, ah, just we're just not. We're not helping ourselves either way, right? It's frustrating because as a fan, like I like watching them play competitively. I like, I don't, I kind of, you know, my ideal state right now was to like essentially lose every game like five four, like we were, yeah, we're keeping it tight and all this stuff, and then but we still get our first overall pick. But, um, I think, I think the one thing that has at least given me some hope is that there's good character, and I think we mentioned this in like. I don't know which podcast it was, but I think it's important if you're going to build a team that's going to eventually win a Stanley Cup, regardless of which organization you are, the players in the dressing room have to be good characters, right? So these guys are good enough character to be like, well, fuck that. I don't want to tank, right? So they're all playing really hard. And then all the young guys that we're bringing up from the HL, they're totally trying to take advantage of these opportunities. Because I think when you're on a team like the Flames and you're in the, you're in the farm system, you're probably looking at this like, okay, this is my time because there aren't many teams in NHL that are actually in this state where it's like, I could be called up at any moment, right? If you're looking at a team like, I don't know, if you're looking at a team like Vegas you're, you're, and you're in their farm system, you're unlikely to be called up unless there's some major injuries, right? Right. Whereas in the Flames, you know, there's a lot of guys that are dispensable, but because that there's that environment of you are dispensable, a lot of guys are playing on edge and a lot of guys are playing like, like they have to like basically kill themselves to stay in the lineup, which is a good thing. And in the same time, the HL guys are like, fuck, I, I, I could have any opportunity any moment. And they have been like, we've had, I don't think I've seen this many call-ups in a season in a long time, like by the flames. And maybe the young guns era was like the last time I, I may like vaguely remember that, but we've had like, I, I think we've had like six players called up this year well and right? a bunch of them are staying too right and a bunch of them are pa- staying pospisil zari uh i don't know if you count Rizic- so, well, in that i mean soloviev had a couple chances right yeah we we brought up uh, kuznetsov who's not playing tonight but that's okay or today um but you know he's going to play at some point um you know wolf's been called up a couple times like i i just feel like this is the only real saving grace out of this thing is that like it just feels like we can actually showcase the guys that we're bringing in, like our, our actual talents that, you know, both you and I have criticized for years. 
thinking like our scouting sucks and like you know who are these players like why do we keep signing like the Osterleys of the fucking league when we like maybe our guys are just not that fucking good in the system and that's why we keep signing these fucking guys that are floating around numerous teams in the league making a career out of just being a, a journeyman basically right and now albeit by force <laughs> We're, we're bringing up these guys, and it turns out that these guys are actually pretty good, right? I think everybody thought Zari would be decent, for sure. Like, I, I mean, he's a high pick for us. Um, you know, Wolf, obviously, is a surprise, but not really surprised in the sense that he fucking dominated the A last season. But, like, even guys like Pospisil, right? Like, you know, he's turning out to be a pretty good all-around player, right? He, you could probably play him on the penalty kill. You could play him on the power play. He could play the gritty game. He can play kind of like the you know he could play a playmaker too he has a decent shot like he's good right um like i i just what worried me is that like we had to be in this state as a franchise for that to actually start happening and why is that well i just wanted to go back on something you touched on about the character i mean there were a bunch of other things you mentioned in there too but <laughs> sorry i went off the character Surprise. of the team i think we finally it's been. It took a season of transition because it was hard to transition from an identity of Johnny and Kachuk and those Monahan to, you know, Huberdeau and and Uyghur and Kadri and those guys. And I think finally some of those players have found their place, and we we know their identity. You know, Backlund's played well as captain. I think it's helped have a leader in the room, and I think the injection of youth in those young players, as you said, had really solidified some of the character choices and, and the character attributes of players. I like what Rasmus Anderson has done this year, kind of stepped up and become that leader on the blue line. I, I appreciate that, and it, it's taken a while, and there's been some immature moments in there, but I think the, that immaturity all came with the Johnnies and the Kachucks and the Monahans. They don't strike me as the most mature group. And, you know, I always look at a team like like Boston, to me, who has a nailed-down, solid identity. I just remember one interview where Marchand was talking about something and says, no, that goes against everything that we believe in. And everyone in that locker room knew what it meant to be a Boston Bruin, what they stood for, what they believed in. I think that's coming for Calgary. Yeah. And I think that on-ice identity is going to evolve as well. Th- this year has been crazy, and you only need to look at how many times we've juggled the lines and and any any given night, power play one, power play two, who who the hell is going to play, right? It changes around so frequently. I mean, if you look at what PP1 was at the beginning of the year to what it is now, that's that's so different. It's so different. And and those aspects are, I think we fi- we have a coach as well who's, you know, willing to experiment and trying to make things change and get things around. But there's like a bit of that um, Vegas, uh, identity when they first came into the league they were just a bunch of misfits that needed to prove themselves they had that chip on their shoulder we have a bit of that similar makeup now where it's like it's not necessarily a a group of misfits it's more or less a group of guys that want to make it who have that chip on their shoulder being like well i need this this is my chance and i'm going to take advantage of this like the flames are probably one of the best teams in the league for young guys to come in and now step in because we just have a lot of our veterans outside of the guys you mentioned, right? A lot of our veterans are not, they're not great. They're not performing. Right? Well, like, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that, but yeah. I, I don't even know. 
Like, I'm just saying that, like, there's just a lot of spots up for grabs, right? Yeah, and, and I and, think those players have taken those spots, and, yeah. and they've you, you look at the number of call-ups who are, have stayed the 10 games and stayed beyond, and you sit, they're part of the team now. They've solidified exactly. their spot. That's what I'm saying. They've, yeah. they've, they've really earned it, and, and that was from the beginning of this offseason when Conroy said no PTOs, no veteran players coming on PTOs. We're giving the young guys a and chance. And then he signed Osterley. And, what, what, I think he Fuck. was... Yeah, I, I'm a little bit upset about that one. But anyway, whatever, whatever. Yeah. it's not yeah. like the young D haven't had a chance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they... No, you're right, you're right. But, uh... I think I'm just more pissed off today that it's like, you, you called up Kuznetsov, but then you're playing Osterley. It's like, all right. I'm hey, sure man, there's a logistical reason why, but... Shillington's in the A for a conditioning stint, I mean... And I couldn't be happier about that. Like, that, fuck, that was great news for him and the organization, right? Like, we, we could use him, man. Yeah, like, absolutely. If we it's could the use Shillington that. that, like, we were used to seeing, and it'll take some time for him to get back to that stride, but, like, that guy, that guy was the package. Like, he could bomb up the ice, be an offensive threat, and he was very, like, he was smart defensively, probably not, like, the most physical guy, and that's fine. He doesn't need to be, but he knows where I to mean, be, right? I don't know about the defensive smarts. I, I think he I think he knows where to be on, on He the knows ice, where like, to be offensively. <laughs> well I think like I think his defensive side was a little underrated because if you actually watch him play like on every on every uh shift that he has, it's it's not that he it's not that he's poor defensively, but I think he's got he's got the IQ of where he needs to be defensively. It's just a matter of bringing in the experience for him to figure out like what he needed to do on that play when he makes a mistake. Right. And that just takes time, but he's still relatively young. Like he's still going to like, he still can grow and he can still learn and be better. I think he's got all the tools is what I'm trying to say. Um, and we could use him because a guy like him, I think he adds a lot on the ice and like, and I think he'll add a, a lot off the ice because I think a lot of guys are like cheering for him on, in the dressing room, right? And it's going to be a boost for everybody. For him to come back yeah, after I, all that I, shit. That's an emotional boost for the team. For sure. And, like, those things matter. Those, I mean, again, what are we fucking trying to do here? Like, are we trying to make the playoffs and, like, do this thing or whatever? Well, but I think they are. But, like, yeah, and they are. But I need, it'll be interesting. You know, we'll touch on this later, but it'll be interesting to see where this team stands at the end of February. Yeah, and what management decides to do with your Lindholms, your Hannifins? Uh, well, I mean, what do you think? Like, if you're if you're sizably, if, if sizably, if you're like really points wise out of the playoffs at that point, oh, are of you? Of course, it's an easy decision. Yeah, but I don't dealing. think we're, I don't think we're going to be yeah. sizably point wise out. Yeah. I think we're going to be on the cusp, you know, a point or two back, like like where we are today, a point or two back from that last wild card spot. And we should still sell, but I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, should. Get into, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Uh, you, you think you've been most impressed with Pospisil, or is there another guy that stands out to uh, you? Zeri, for sure. Yeah. Zeri, I think, sticks up for everybody, but I like Pospisil's kind of all around game. And like, I kind of like his. He's. I don't want him to be the agitator, but he's doing that a little bit. And he had like an interview saying that. He's had a few concussions, so he doesn't really want to be that guy, which is fair. I mean, not many people want to be that guy, but he can be. And I think you need guys like that on the ice, too, that can get in there and just fuck a little shit up. You know, just 
just to you know rattle these guys right it, it makes a difference kachuk is the master at that right yeah. and it does work um and i like pospisil's hockey iq i think he's quite a smart player he just needs more time right i like um you know i don't mind gilbert's been playing all right like you know i'm not saying he should be a permanent fixture but if he's kind of your seventh guy like kind of coming up from time to time like i don't mind a guy like that he's got size like he, There's lots of space on that yeah. third pairing now that Zdorov's gone. Yeah, exactly. And like I'm, you know, we have a lot of hope for Coronado. It's still really early in his career. I'm not too concerned about it. But like, clearly, management is saying like you need to you need to cook a bit more in the A before you come back, and that's fine. Well, I think he was given he was given those opportunities on opening day, and it was ten or eleven games with two yeah. points. Right? It's just not it's just not cutting it. Yeah, and yeah, like I think. Really, it's Zary that's sticking out to me, but I mean, like Wolf, I've wanted him to get more chances. Now, I think, I think if there's anything we're gonna do on deadline day is that we're gonna try to pave a way for Wolf. That if, means moving Vladar. Well, yeah, I think, I think I, I can see that. Like, regardless if we're fighting for a playoff spot or if we're like oh. fucking tanking in the standings, I think that trade's gonna happen regardless because. Bladar's not a bad backup for teams to have, and like he could be a decent backup for guys that are thinking they can make a run. I I could see a I could see a Vladar to Edmonton scenario, but I, I could too, and that worries me because I don't want us to ever deal with that piece of shit organization. But like we, I I could see that because you know Edmonton like they're playing really well now. They're back to kind of where they were, like in terms of just performing in the last like month or so, like and. You know, the, their only thing is missing goaltending, really, right? So I could see them going for it. I can see, I don't know, like, I guess Vegas could maybe even go for him. I don't know. Like, it's kind of one of those. I think there'll be a spot for him. He's a him. depth guy, and anyone and yeah, will it's use not, him, Yeah, right? it's not going to be a huge return, I mean, but. Yeah, but the point it, is It's to, going to depend on the state of the club at that point. I don't, I, I, I disagree with you. I don't think they're really going to pave a way for Wolf unless. Unless we're really out of it, I think they should pave away the away for Wolf anyway. I agree, but I don't think that's what you're we're going thinking. To do. You're thinking they're not going to do that. No, but I would like them to. Yeah, I would like. I think. I think. Well, it doesn't have to be at the deadline. It can be I, in the off season. Ideally, too, right? I mean, I don't know. Markstrom's been better this year, but yeah, he's been great. I that's mean, a big the, contract that we might move along. That I wouldn't be too upset about. I mean. I don't know. I mean, for the right return, you definitely deal. It's right? just so e- it's just so much easier cap wise to get rid of Ladar uh, to pave away for a wolf. But I mean, I think Wolf is really being hurt by the fact that he's he's quite small for a goalie, and the organization might be a bit leery about that, be a bit concerned, but. Yeah, but I mean the guy like oh, nice goal, that was nice Huberdeau. Goal. So also we're also oh. watching the game and uh, Huberdo as we as normally <laughs> as you we're would, about to lay into yeah, him. Uh, you know, normally as you fade the Flames fan cast here as the Calgary Flames, like Huberdo goes ahead and scores a pretty nice goal. Um, but I guess like I don't if the organizations are is yeah, it's a nice goal. It's a really if, nice. If goal. the organization nice take, is still nice control, is nice still everything. focused on his physique, then. We're failing again because who gives a fuck? It's not like Marc-Andre Fleury is fucking huge either, 
right? No. You know, and there are there are goalies in the league that are not like huge. They're pretty good. Like Shesterkin is not a fucking tall guy. Shesterkin, he's a fucking great goalie. Like no one's gonna argue that. He's not a he's not a big guy. Um, and so like I I think like it's very bad in a year where I feel like we're actually making a lot of progress in terms of like trying to transition a lot of our prospects and our youth into the club um you know like i find it i would find it very abhorrent if we're sitting there and focusing on wolf's like physique when the guy has achieved max what you need to achieve in the ahl to prove yourself so like who cares about the size like i i would be very dis- I, I i'm hoping that's not the case but flurry is six two shesterkin six one Never mind, wolf then. is six foot Okay, yeah, that's not it's not that different. We're talking about one to two inches. I've been told one to two inches makes a big difference sometimes. You're fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree, but I mean... I'm just saying that Shesterkin is not a fucking towering goalie. No, no. Like Neither is Flurry, but... But, I mean, yeah. you look at Markstrom, who's like 6'5 or something, right? Yeah, and then Markstrom sucked ass last year. So who cares? Like, why does that matter? Like, it's not... Again, we're probably arguing something that may not even exist, but I don't, I don't really see the point in, like... Well, it's kind of... It reminds me of what we did to Phillips, right? Not that Phillips is tearing it up in Washington or anything like that, but... I just, I just don't see it logistically unless we're really out of it. Right. I think... I I don't I and I don't even know next year if we're gonna make room for Wolf, but I'd I'd like to I'd like to see well, I mean, the guy the guy deserves year, then, the chance yeah like, and I think he's done everything he can at AHL level and you know it's every year I don't want to be saying always oh, time will come always oh, time will come always oh, time will come and then it, he's it's too fucking be, old yeah so I don't know I I just don't want us to fuck that up I, I don't think we are as an organization we brought him up twice we've given him some starts like. I'd like to think he's on the docket. We'll put it that way. I think you and I can agree there. He's on the docket to like, there is going to be something to do. Like the club will do something to get him on. I think. Well, I, I, I so. would, I, I'm more confident about that this year than I was last season. I'll, how about that? Yeah. Cause that wasn't happening with Sutter around. No, that wasn't like Sutter for sure would bring up his size. Yeah. A Sutter does But Yeah. So I think, we don't have that now. I think Huska, and you know, shout out to Huska because the guy has like essentially a Frankenstein team of like just a bunch of guys that he's trying to mesh together. I think they're playing a decent system. I think he's, if anything, he's overachieving given the given the roster we have. Um, ah, damn, the Flyers scored. Uh, but I think he's doing pretty good. I think. He's exceeding my expectations. I thought we'd be way lower in the standings by now. In fact, I thought he would like lose the fucking room at some point, right? But no, he's. I think he's got respect from the players. I think they're playing really hard for him. I think the system's okay. I just think we're missing we're missing a few marquee guys, obviously. But I think this team. I don't know. I think there's some good foundation going here. I mean, the team's missing a superstar. Obviously, but probably guys, missing a couple. Those right? guys like, just don't appear out of nowhere. I mean, we might have a superstar who's just not a superstar, but I mean, let's really bad timing that Huberto had to score such a beautiful goal. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I it mean, hasn't no, but, it hasn't been good. 
it's and you know it's just it's just disappointing that it doesn't get much i guess disappointing is the wrong word it's not surprising that it doesn't get much airtime anymore because what are you supposed to say i i mean what is it that the flames can do at this point a year and a half basically into huberto being here to get him going as a calgary flame and it's it's continual attempts at juggling his line mates, trying him like this, using him like that, and nothing has seemed to consistently work. That 115-point player is gone, and he's he's on pace to get less points than he did last year. Which is crazy. Un- unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. You wouldn't have bet for that. You wouldn't have bet no. for that. You'd be like, well, there's you can't go any lower, but you can. If you're Huberto, I think he's got some like three points in the last like 15 or 16, something terrible. He, like, he is a shadow of the player he was. And I don't, I don't, I don't know anymore what to do to get him going again. I feel like coaching has done, I, I mean, maybe it's management acquire somebody who's has a history of success with. Uh, Huberto, I you know I heard that guy in San Jose Duclair Duclair's name mentioned a few times, but you know a player like that kind of needs to take responsibility at some point for his production and his numbers in his career, and I don't know if I see that from Huberto day in day out. I mean there are just far too many games where I'll watch and I don't even know he's out there. Yeah, it's hard to say. I I noticed the guy as kind of the, you know, a marquee Calgary Flame, a, a really strong playmaker with physical presence and an ability to, you know, create something out of nothing. That's just not something I can see from Huberto and I don't know what what the solution is anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know either. I mean, the guy like we're just going to have to ride out this next 8 years or <laughs> whatever's left, right? Like what is it, 8? It's a lot. Yeah. Seven, or, yeah, it's probably eight, seven or eight. Yeah, so I mean, like, it's probably eight, including this year, ten point five. I'm at a point where I'm just like, I'm just essentially like, <laughs> I think I'm mentally ignoring him when I watch him on the ice because I'm just, I'm not really looking for him anymore. He's not a. Well, I mean, he's not a. You really he has have not a presence. to look for him because he, he doesn't make himself. That's noticed. what I'm saying. He's not a presence, so I'm kind of just I've mentally blocked the guy out at this point. Like I just don't care anymore. Like the guy. I'm sorry, like, he's just, you suck. Like, you've been playing like shit, and he knows that, and no one needs to be reminded of it constantly, but you do, you, you're just playing like shit, and I don't know what, he's, like you said, man, he's given every single fucking chance from management to the coaching staff. I think we've tried to adjust, you know, our playing style, like our line combinations. I think, and a lot of it was actually centered around him trying to get him going. Right, and when I think the I, I think when the club said okay fuck it whatever, and they started you know, like moving lines around line combinations around, and then now, like guys like Kadri are like really fucking starting to like get into the spotlight, right? Yeah, Kadri's playing really good this year. Yeah, like is he gonna Saren keep Goldrich, doing that for the Coleman. next five six years? Probably not. But like let's enjoy it while we can because there's some plays that Kadri makes. I'm like holy fuck, like guys got skill in the Nashville game on his goal. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but it was like him and Zari, and Zari was just like hustling his ass up the ice, and um, 
there was and he had a defender beside him and then there's another defender countering Kadri. But the fact that like uh Zari was going up and like trying to he's basically pulling in the national defender, all Kadri had to do is basically a one on one with that defender uh against him. And all he did was like he cut in, flipped the puck up over the guy while he was like sprawling on the ground, and he sniped it in. It was a fucking beautiful goal, something you'd see from a proper elite sniper in the league, right? Like, Kadri's got these tools, right? And he's playing with freedom, and he's playing with all that. Like, I think, I think the coaching staff, like, was one, left in a position where it's like, well, we can't do anything with fucking Huberto, so let's just kind of focus on the team at this point. And two, guys like Kadri, you know, they're flourishing out of this, like, newfound freedom that he's getting this season, right? I don't think he had that freedom under Sutter's very... Like constraint system. No, but right? Kadri was a type of player who could be successful under Sutter. In theory, I remember him been, coming yeah. in, and he says, "I am the type of player that that is a Daryl Sutter player. That is me." And it still wasn't. It wasn't quite there for him. But and maybe he. But maybe he's wrong about that. No, yeah. What whatever it was, it's it's good now that he's. I think, kind of taking that leadership role. Yeah. And. I like what he's bringing to this team. I like I like what I'm seeing from Coleman. I like what I'm seeing from Backlund, Anderson. You know, Weger stepped up greatly. Yeah. And a player like Serengovich has come in and started to really heat up lately. And that's a guy that I didn't expect much, right? He was no. almost like an afterthought in no, that right. Toffoli th- trade, right? You know, your third-line guy who might fill in every now and then. Yeah, he's playing great. But, you know, because we were expecting other things from other players. Like Mangiapane, yeah, disappointing season. Disappointing Lindholm has been, I don't know, mildly disappointing to me. Dubé's been disappointing. Dubé, Dubé is evolving his role to find a way to stay on this team. <laughs> That's what Dubé so, is doing. Yeah, yeah he's, he's trying things there's, and it's There's not younger players who are coming up who are outperforming Dubé. And, you know, Dubé's just kind of fallen by the wayside hasn't been able to keep up in terms of production with some of these guys who've come in and really taken their opportunities taken their chances do you think Dubé and Mangiapane could be trade fodder uh I don't think the Flames are going to trade a player like Mangiapane I, I mean they're not terrible contracts like they no but there's probably I value mean, what there. team was what team's really going to want a Dubé right why would you trade for a Dubé at two million yeah, no, I don't know. What Just what is Dubé going to bring you? Some depth? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, he had a good season last season. Yeah, he did. Right, he had but, a career season last season, but um, this year, obviously, very different. I I I feel like nobody's going to go on last season's numbers though at the trade deadline. No, of course not. But I'm just saying that like he's got. He's got capability. Like, it's not... Yeah. You know, players have bad seasons, right? I feel like, aside from a very small, select group of players and our young players, everyone's on the block, right? I feel like we're not going to move Anderson unless an an absolutely amazing deal comes in, which is not... But, you know, your players like Tanev, Hannafin, Lindholm, I think those are the guys who are likely to move. Well, I mean, they're the ones that... I mean, not Tanev, but, like, Lindholm was clearly... Obviously wanted to move before the season started. I think. Well, Hannafin no, no had, extension's been signed. Yeah, no. like I mean, I think it's it's telltale. We're already in January, no extensions, right? So, I think we're saying on our own on our own time, we're going to trade you. Well, I think those extensions will come. Everything's going to happen towards the end of February, there, right? Listen, yeah. before we get into that, oh, let's get into it. So, <laughs> what do you think? I mean, let's say we're in the same spot we are now, which is 
very likely we're on the cusp of a playoff spot. We're a point or two out. We're in the chase with, you know, five or six other teams. What well, what what do you what what would you do and what do you think the Flames will do? What would I do? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to be a repeat of prior episodes, but <laughs> I think I would just man like maybe I wouldn't be as much as blow up mode um because I like the character that I'm seeing and the makeup of the squad now, but I would still try to I would pave the way okay. for Wolf. Ha- okay, so, d- so v- Vladar So is I out. would m- move Ladar. Yeah. But if something really, you know, spicy comes in for Markstrom, I'll do that. Okay. Right? So and you'll keep trade Ladar. one of the goalies? Yeah, i trade one of the goalies. All right, what about, um, what about And then I would D? move on D. I would have been, been a <laughs> move Anderson type guy because he can fetch you a lot of value, but I think he's grown up this season. I just didn't like his fucking immaturity. Right? I think that's gone with some I of think our it seems like it's gone. gone. Yeah, it's, but he did something this it's not come to mind right now, but he did do something this season where it's like fuck man. Yeah. Like but it's whatever. Like I think he's maturing and I I want a mature Anderson on the team because he can be something really good for us for the next like 8 years, you know what I mean? So I'd like to keep but Hannafin I'd probably deal. I would deal him. Um I think you can get really good value for him and he doesn't want to stay. I don't want players who don't want to stay. I mean, so. what do you think the odds are that the Flames extend Hannafin? I think it's either extend or deal at it, the at, deadline. At this, look, if you asked me this question three months ago, I would have said deal. It would have been 90% deal. But right now, with the way the team's playing and the way he's playing, I feel like it's 50-50 now. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel it, 50-50. You know, like I feel like... Same as Lindholm. Yeah, well, I think Lindholm still kind of wants to go. I think if a team comes in, they need a Lindholm for a playoff run, they're going to go for it. I don't right? know, man. I don't know if these guys, because there was that rumblings, uh, was it October, end of October, November, it was Hannafin, we're close to a deal, and then it didn't happen, or was that Lindholm? I can't remember. Yeah, either but way. One of those guys, we went on a bit of a losing streak and they didn't sign, but you know, I think they might look at some of these players now and say, I can see myself fitting in here, and Calgary's going to give me some good, give me some good money. Because they're, I guess, but I we're mean, still in that desperate spot but, to keep uh, these kind of players. But right? management can't give these guys five, six-year deals again. No, right? That's the other thing. Like but I that's think what they're gonna, that's what they're going to want somewhere else, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think management. So that's probably the other. It's a good thing you brought that up. The other layer to this onion now is going to be like, well, okay, Hannafin and let's say Hannafin and Lindholm want to come to the table. Their agents say each of them wants seven years. And they want, you know, six mil or seven mil or whatever the fuck it is, right? Well, I think managers will be like, well, fuck, man, we're not signing you guys for seven years. We, we can't go through this bullshit with you guys every fucking year after we sign you for seven. On top of that, a seven-year deal for a guy that was visibly or, or, or I guess verbally saying he doesn't want to be here. Do you really think that that guy's going to play his ass off for the next seven fucking years after he kind of like, both of them were like, ah, I don't want to stick around anymore. That seven years is a, that's a, a ride into the sunset, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Right? Yep. And so I'm kind of looking at that as saying, you guys aren't bad players. I think you guys are great players. Do I want you guys to stick around? Sure, I do. Like, if you're going to play hard, but I'm not signing you for more than two, three years. I'm they're, not. They're not going to go for that. And they're not going to go for that. So now I think it's more of a question of what is management, like, what is their view of this team? 
And are they really truly going to believe a couple guys who wanted to leave are going to stick around and actually play hard for seven years? No. In my opinion, you deal with them. Like, and, and that's it. Like, there's, there's nothing more to it. That, that would be my three things I would do. Pave the way for Wolf, trade a goalie. I would trade Hannafin, and I would trade Lindholm. That's what I would do. I'd trade Tanev, too. I mean, Tanev's got how many... Uh, like, Tanev is a type of player that many teams are going to want. Tanev's got a lot run. of value. He's a good character guy, works hard, plays hard. You, you could give a guy like that a 10-year deal, and he's going to work hard every season. Yeah. Right? I, I wish we had more Tanevs on this team. But wow. guys like that are very hard to come by in the NHL in general. They are. They are and Calgary seems to be really good at getting that hard-nosed defenseman. Uyghur, man. Nice Uyghur, goal. that's a nice goal. My man, there it is. We used to be hard on this guy, too. Yeah, he's having a great season. Yeah. Stepped up, performing. I mean, I'm watching this team in this game, a, a road game in Philly. Not an easy place to play. Philly, kind of a team who's, I don't know. <laughs> not great. <laughs> they're, not, they're not bad. I mean, I don't think yeah. they're, they're bad by any shake, but... Yeah, they got, they got... They're in the last wild card spot in the East. They have 44 points. I mean, I mean they got... You know, it'll be interesting to see, like, when Mitchkov comes, because that guy is fucking something else, right? Like, and... What's, what's the deal with him? Like, what's well, the he's, he can't... Well, he signed a professional contract in the K, right? So he can't leave before that contract's up. How long is the contract? Unless he breaks it somehow. Uh, I think it's two more years left. Oh. Yeah, so they got some time still. But, I mean, you know, I... Oh, you look... Oh, fuck. This is a this scrappy is a, one. This is a is fucking... Is that Lindholm? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him fight. Lindholm's fighting? I mean, that is Lindholm. Holy <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, this is a fucking scrappy game. Um, but I like games like this because it kind of shows you, like, are these guys together? Like, I, I kind of like that Lindholm fought, right? But, um, uh, I mean, this is just Philadelphia getting pissed because we're playing physical hard hockey. Yeah. Uh, even Huberto's trying to. Connecty with a, Huberto's to... with a cheap slash on uh, yeah. Anafin there. Anafin didn't even react. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like. What would you do? Because I, 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 I think there's a lot that can happen. Honestly, this I, think, I, think, I think you look... Listen, I'm not in the dressing room. I don't know what's going on. But, but if you I'm have Conroy, to make assumptions. Saying, I, if there's a character guy... Like, let's say Lindholm is a guy who really keeps that forward group together. He keeps them... Actually, know. Lindholm, a little dirty there. That wasn't that bad. I mean, the guy was already kind of falling, right? So... Yeah, but I mean, it's all happening so fast. Yeah, man. I know. I don't Slow think... motion makes it look way worse. But uh, he didn't have much choice in that fight. <laughs> <sighs> Listen, I, my gut says unless these guys are crucial pieces to the makeup of the Flames, they should be traded. So we got to get whatever kind of value and whatever kind of we, players we can get for Lindholm, for Hannafin, and for Tanev. Those three guys, I feel like. Those are players that we can find replacements for down the line somehow. I mean, that number one center spot is going to plague us for a while, but hey, I think that's the kind of guy you need to draft high. You know, if you get a top five pick um, in this coming draft, focus on that forward. Try and get that center, that number one center guy who can play there for, you know, decades. We need that kind of guy who really solidifies what it means to be a flame up front. And... We haven't had that for a while. That's what I do. I mean, what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so 
Looked like York was already kind of... Like that's he, not a dirty hit. I mean, he's already sliding. Like, So he's yeah. trying to stop. He's losing balance. Oh, he lost balance I mean, there. he like falls into yeah. him. He, there's nothing... Anyhow. Yeah. It's not... We're, we're biased, obviously, but I mean... I, I, I mean, the slow motion makes it look bad, but yeah. I don't think he... Lindholm's not that guy. Like, no. he's not. So I but, don't... It's uh, an accident, if anything, I think. But I think we really need to restock... Restock the picks, restock the cupboard, try to get whatever we can. And, you know, even if we make the playoffs, we're going to be playing what? Vegas, Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> Vancouver's been great this year. Vegas is well, Vegas. Colorado, like, right? Colorado. I mean, like, we're just going to get like. And what if we play the Oilers? Like, they're going to trash us. Rocked. Like, yeah. So, I, I, you know, as Flames fans, we have to ask ourselves serious questions. Just, yeah. like, just like management needs to. It's like, okay, guys, if you make the playoffs, what is that going to do? I mean, you're going to get your ass kicked, but maybe the experience will be valuable for these younger guys. Like, we've, like everyone knows, when every team makes the playoffs in the NHL, like, they go to sixth gear, right? There is another level of hockey that gets played in the playoffs, right? We're playing at max gear this season. We're already at max gear. There is no gear above this as far as I'm concerned. Now, if they, if they do make the playoffs and surprise me and then, they have this extra gear that I didn't expect. Great. That, you know, surprise me to yeah, the upside, I mean, right? That's, but, that's a really, really happy outcome, right? Yeah. But you know, I if think, you go on a run and you, you, you start playing really well and yeah. you're a team that teams are actually afraid to get in the playoffs. Exactly. I'm, but, I'm fine with that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if we do make it, I want these kids to experience that sixth gear that these other teams will get into. It'll actually be really good for them to get their ass kicked a little bit with that, right? Because they're going to be like, okay, that's what it fucking takes. Right, and these guys that are actually fucking ambitious and who want to develop themselves, they're gonna remember that experience of that first round complete ass kicking sweep that we will fucking experience. Yeah, I don't I mind don't that. Think we'll get swept. I think we well, whatever. Right, I don't know. If, I don't even think we're making the playoffs, but it it doesn't make a difference. All I'm saying is that if we do, keep this whole like bringing up the young guys and let them experience it. Let them just get their, let them get beat up. It's okay. Not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, just ma- the problem is management's going to have to make a decision long before we get to that point. I mean, it's going to have to be in end of February where we're going to have to decide what we want to do with this team. And I think the most important thing you need to do with this team is look towards the future, decide this is what we need to do. And that decision is we're looking at the future. The now for this team, these kind of players, I mean, if you look at it, it's probably just not cutting it. But Jenk has uh, disappeared here, so it's just me filling the air. You know, it's what everyone wants to hear. (laughs) But yeah, it's a tough one for Conroy. Great timing. I think, (laughs) yeah. As you guys would not know, Tyler was really good at covering the air while I was taking a piss. Um, Conroy, I think I, I'm excited for him, man. I know it's going to be tough, but you know what? I think a lot of GMs like actually thrive under these conditions, right? They, it's exciting. It's like, okay, I got this like, you know, expectations are low, but I got like a bunch of decent talents. I got some pretty shit contracts, so I got to figure out that puzzle piece, right? But I also have some good pieces in the team, right? I have this really good upcoming goalie. I got some really good upcoming offensive players. You know, I got, I got some decent defenders. Like, 
this is kind of a cool situation too, right? If you kind of look at it. And again, like I implored Conroy, not that he ever fucking listens to us, but do something different because you, you will be rewarded for that. I think he can do some drastic things and no one's going to criticize him for it. And even if they do, it's kind of like, well, what else could he have done? Right. Keep the status quo. We keep finishing fucking 10th in the West and, you know, keep going at this fucking terrible rate of like getting no fucking picks and then like developing these guys and capping them out because like they just don't have that ceiling that's going to be superstar ceiling. Like, I think it's, I think it's a cool situation to be in. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's going to be stressful for him, but I think you have a really, really cool scenario where you could make some crazy moves and it actually might work out. And the downside is it didn't. And it's like, well, we had nothing anyway. So what do you got to lose? Yeah, I mean... I kind of like that. Hopefully, Conroy makes a decision with the future in mind because, I, 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 you know, watching games are tough this year because I, I, I'm torn between... I always want the Flames to win. I want to beat every team. I'm watching a game and, you know... Already, I have a hate on for the Flyers, that kind of thing. But at the same time, I know losing helps us in the long run. And, and, and kind of losing valiantly is what we really need to do. But uh, it's just so hard. Yeah. It's a really hard season to be a fan. <laughs> yeah, it's always it's, a hard season weird. to be a Flames yeah, fan. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's, it's weird because I, it's it, like, We've known each other for a long time. It's not in our makeup to be like cheering for no, losing, right? I like can't. It's, I can't cheer for the tank as much yeah. as I say. You know, in the cold light of day, that's what the Flames need to do to be successful in the long run. It's impossible to do when actually watching the game. Yeah, like some animal tough. instinct just t- takes over, and you can't. Yeah, you can't do it. But I know when I when I talk logically, you know, without emotion involved, we need to we need to we need to perform poorly. To get higher draft picks because that's what we need. And I mean, I don't. What's still happening with that trade from Montreal? Like, are we losing a first? I, I don't even know. Fuck, where like, the fuck that's at? Like, I, it's got to be top ten protected. I think. So, I hope so. I mean, but the word, the you know, the problem is if we give up like a the fifteenth overall pick to Montreal for fucking dealing Monahan for shit, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't We're know. in trouble. Yeah. So I think. And that's why, like, it's like, try to be drastic here in the in the deadline, right? Be drastic, like, because you never know, like, who's going to swap you around, like, their first round pick, right? If you can get a first round pick from one of these guys that we talked about, like a Markstrom or a Lindholm, yeah, or, or I think Hannafin, a Lindholm's like, getting you a first. I think I don't know. Hannafin, I mean, maybe Tanev. Uh... I mean, you obviously push for that. I don't think Tanev's going to get you that, but like, let's say at least one of these guys gets you that. Right, right. There, you could be in a in a spot where if you trade, like maybe someone wants, you know, a certain player, and like I mean, we've seen it time and time again, where like, round, like these picks get changed up, like within the draft as well. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. give yourself at least some ammo at draft time where you can actually swap things around. Right. You're not going to have that unless you deal with these guys or deal these guys. Right. Um. So I think, I think management is not. I'm hoping that management's not looking at this season as like a, we have to make the playoffs, blah blah blah. Like I think they got to be looking at it as like, hey, how do we, who do we trade for? Who do we like? You know, obviously, 
when guys are going for rentals, these are teams that are not going to have high first round picks, clearly. No. But there could be teams in those in those spots where they're going to try to make a run that they could have someone else's first round pick, right? Yeah. And I haven't done the dive in that, but Oh, but you're not you know, they're not they're likely not trading those to you. Probably not, yeah. but I think if they really feel like they're on the cusp and they really feel like they're missing pieces or something like a like a I don't know, like a Lindholm, right? Um you could leverage that. But you know, that's a blue ocean like, you know, low chance thing, but you got to go for it. I could see I could see on deadline day a team like Boston coming in for a Lindholm. Yeah, I could see that too. And, you know, maybe they even go for two players, like a Tanev and a Lindholm. And yeah. And, they, then, and then they give you like a 2028 20, first rounder for it or something like that. And maybe they suck by 2028. Whatever. Like, I, I take a 2025. 20, yeah, but I'm just saying like your scouting staff has to be able to tell you like, well, I think your talents are going to come in in 2027 or yeah. something like that. Because these guys are out there watching these fucking 14-year-olds. But, it, I mean, like, a team like Boston is. is also unlikely to trade that first pick in, in, into of that course, time. Of course, but, but I guess what I'm getting at is that if you're Boston you think you can win a cup this year, you're probably going to be like, well, fuck, I'm not going to forego a cup run and, and get this final piece just for the sake of losing that potential guy in 2028. Yeah. I don't think you're really thinking like that if you're Boston. You're probably thinking more like that if you're a team like Calgary who's like, well, fuck, I got to build a team here. And 2028 is a great year. And I'm just making up 2028, obviously. But Yeah, well, I mean, Boston has Lucic now. And he's, well, uh, he's, not, he's in jail, isn't he's he? Or whatever. <laughs> well, no, man, he's, like, he's not playing. No, yeah, yeah. he's definitely not yeah. playing. <laughs> he's not in jail either. I was, I was a little... He has broken the Boston code of ethics. Yeah. <laughs> to say yeah. his best. Listen, anything else you want to cover? It's good. And I, again... Like if you've made it this far, thank you for your patience with us. I, you know, my family's got went through some really difficult times the last couple of months, so obviously we couldn't record a podcast. And I appreciate Tyler's patience with it too, because we actually really love doing this. Like, regardless of how many of you listen, like we have at least a hundred listeners every episode, so we thank you for that. Um, and thank you for your patience. And once again, I will probably break this promise, but we will record more often. But, um. You know, we really enjoy doing this, so thank you again for listening. Yeah, it'll be an interesting two months for the Flames, and we'll, we'll, we will attempt to get out more shows more frequently. And as always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. We are going to go and enjoy the last, I don't know, seven minutes of the second and the third here, and hopefully we, I don't even know, hopefully we win. I, 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 That's I, how excited we are about I, winning. I, I just, it's so such a weird feeling anyhow you have yourselves a great morning good afternoon and great evening thanks again so much for listening take care bye-bye